Hey, what's up, people? It's John Morris from JohnMorrisOnline.com here. Long time no see, but I am back with what will hopefully be a long-running new series, my freelance tip of the week. Some of you know I've moved most of my long-term content into my premium courses and my mobile app, and I've been focused on that the last several months, but I've got all that kind of short up, and I wanted to jump back into doing some YouTubing, podcasting, etc., so... Here we is. Now, these are going to be quick but impactful tips to help you start and grow your freelance business. And today's tip, tip number one, is about overcoming the fear of getting your first client in a simple way for virtually eliminating all that fear and doubt so you can get on with building your freelance empire. <laughs> okay, that's terrible. Anyway, enough of me yapping. Let's get into the presentation. All right, so here's what we're going to cover first. What's the tip? What it actually is? Why it matters? Why it's something you should pay attention to? How to actually do it? And then some resources to help you along the way. All right, so what is the tip? What are we actually saying here? So basically what we're saying is you want to limit project scope while you get accustomed to client acquisition and service delivery. So you want to consider doing jobs that are much smaller than your actual skill set. What I find with a lot of people is they, when they go to take on their first couple clients, they let's say they have a hundred skills mastered that in whatever it is that you do, graphic design, web development, etc. They have a hundred skills mastered. They'll take on a job that requires them to know 110 or 120 or whatever the number is. And so there are things that you have to learn when it comes to your actual core skill. Uh, to in order to complete the the project, and what I recommend that you do is go the opposite way. Take on projects that require eighty percent or ninety percent of your skill set, so you don't have anything new to learn when it comes to your core skill while you're completing the project, because it creates a sort of nightmare scenario when you're having to learn something new in order to execute. On a project, and that's where a lot of the fear that people experience comes from, because they're scared they're not going to be able to learn those things. They're scared they're not going to be able to execute. If you're doing something that you already know how to do, then you're not worried about whether you can execute or not, and it makes it a lot less stressful. Brad Traversy says this in one of his videos: You want to take jobs that you can handle, not a friggin' social network, before you even learn a pro programming language, which is something that he did. He talks about that in the video. Uh, he had done that, and that's why his first few projects didn't work out very well. I have a similar story. My first few projects were unsuccessful. I wasn't building a social network. I was building a CMS. I had a couple clients uh, that contacted me about building them a custom CSS, and I was really still learning basic PHP programming. And I wasn't able to, to, to complete those projects, had to give them their money back. Uh, all of these things that were just not very fun to do. So that's an example of biting off way more than you can chew. My first actual successful projects, those were small one to two hour gigs. I maybe made 150, 200 bucks off of them, but they only took me an hour or two to execute on. They were a lot smaller in scope. I knew exactly how to do them uh, and it made the whole thing a lot easier. So again, that's the tip. Limit project scope while you get accustomed to client acquisition and service delivery. Now, why does this matter? Well, 
What I find is a lot of freelancers are just scared of that first job. They're scared to take that first job because they feel like they might run into something that they don't know how to do. They're not going to be able to execute. And that's a look, that's a legitimate fear. That can happen. It happened to me. It happened to Brad. It's probably happened to a bunch of other people. So that absolutely can happen. Now, you can recover from it. It's not the end of the world. But why do that to yourself if you don't have to? Why put yourself through that if you don't really have to and you don't? So do something that's easy for you to execute on and that can help you to get over that fear. And the other thing is, is you're learning client acquisition, service delivery, project management, customer service. You're already learning a bunch of new things with your first few freelance projects. So don't add more to your plate. Don't make it harder than it has to be when it comes to your core skill keep that scope limited. And then as you learn all this other stuff, then you can start to expand that scope a little bit. So uh, again, there's just so much for you to learn. Don't add anything more to your plate. And you know, the bigger the project is, the more you have to learn in all of this, and particularly project management and customer service. So keep the scope small until you can get good at this particular skill. Also, another thing A lot of people don't view freelancing as a skill, but it really is. It's just like your core skill. You know, when you first started, you probably weren't very good at it. You probably, you know, your first couple things that you tried to make, you there were a bunch of mistakes and you look back on them now and cringe and all of that. Freelancing is the same way. It's a skill just like any other. It absolutely can be learned. You know, there's no magic to it, but it's just you have to kind of go through the process. To learn how to do it, you have to do it. And your first couple of clients, you'll probably look back on years from now and be like, oh my gosh, and you'll cringe, but you have to go through that process. So just try to make that process as easy on yourself as you can. And again, a lot of people never start because of this. I see a lot, I talk to a lot of freelancers who are still waiting for that right moment to get started. It's been two or three years now, and they just never do it because they're scared of that first client and not being able to, uh, to deliver. Another thing is, is you can do really well with smaller projects and they're, they're a lot less stressful as well. So if you think about, I was doing like 150, $200 projects and they take me an hour or two. Well, if I just did one of those a day, let's say it was $150 projects. If I did one a day, worked an hour or two a day, you know, that would equate to, if I was doing one every single day for a month, that'd equate to anywhere from four hundred fifty to six thousand dollars a month, that's a pretty good start for a, a freelancer to start off making. So, you can still do really well with these smaller projects. Sure, you have to do more of them, but even if you were only doing two a day and you were charging two hundred bucks, that's twelve thousand dollars a month. So they can add up really quickly, and they're just a heck of a lot more stressful. In fact, I made a, an entire video. I'll put it in the little uh, card thing or whatever. Uh, I made another video where I talked about specifically how to do this if this is something that you're interested in. And it's a really good way for, for you to get started freelancing and get your feet wet before you take on the big bigger projects. Okay, so let's talk about how to do it. Number one thing, you just sort of need to check your ego slash fear of looking dumb when it comes to projects. So what I find with a lot of people, a lot of freelancers is... There's sort of there's this underneath insecurity about their core skill, right? They're still learning it, so that's that makes sense. There's nothing wrong with that. But there's this insecurity and they kind of have this chip on their shoulder and they want to prove to other people, to themselves, etc., that they can do this. And so they end up biting off more than they can chew in order to try and prove everybody wrong. And the reality is is honestly nobody's really paying attention. It's just you and the client. And the client 
They just want their stuff done. So uh, let go of all of that sort of emotional baggage. That's the very first thing that you have to do is just sort of let that go. There's nobody out there keeping score. There's nobody really paying all that much attention besides you. So just let it go. Make things easier on yourself. Next is you want to look for gaps or holes in existing markets or solutions. So you want to look for things that are missing either the, the need or one is not being filled at all, or it's not being filled very well. So to give you some examples, back when I very first started, uh, and I specifically started working with WordPress was some of my first few successful projects anyway, there were no page builders, there weren't even theme options, this was many, many years ago, none of that stuff existed. So the gap that I was filling is, you know, if I build a membership site for somebody, 80% of that site, they could probably build themselves. But that last 20% of, you know, a custom dashboard or homepage, etc. There are just some few things in there that they that weren't built into a theme that they weren't going to be able to build themselves and it required coding to do. And so I would code those things, I'd build the entire site. But really what they they were getting from me was that last 20% where I was coding out these custom pages for them. Then page builders and theme options came along, and now uh, they can kind of do that stuff themselves. There was a period of time where people were still learning how to use tools like Elementor and Divi and so forth. And so me knowing how to use those tools, that was what the gap was. Now a lot of people know how to use those tools, and they're a lot more savvy with them. So that's not really uh, the, the, the core value proposition I can offer people, although there are people who will always just pay for stuff to be done for them. Now, what I find is a lot of my clients that come to me, they have very little understanding of site-wide architecture and how to take and put together a membership site or an online course website. They just And how to do it where it's not really messy. And so a lot of times what I get now is people come to me and be like, hey, I tried to do this myself. It's a complete mess. I need help figuring out how to fix this. And what I'll do is I will usually try to build a new site but if not i'll just restructure their existing site and help them to get it in order and clean it up now again i'm building the site from from scratch i'm doing the whole thing but really what they're after is that understanding of architecture because i've done this for so long another example i can give you is way way back i was building a website for my wife and one of the things and she was selling uh, vintage clothing and so one of the things you wanted to do back then is feed your products into the Google shopping feed so that they could be listed. If you've ever seen those shopping links at the top of Google, you wanted to feed uh, your, your items into that so that they could be picked up by Google and potentially show up and that would help you sell more of your stuff. Well, that feed had to be formatted in a very specific way. And so I took, I learned how to create an XML feed, an RSS feed from WordPress posts. A lot of people are trying to do e-commerce. This is before WooCommerce and all of that stuff. And so I figured out how to do that. I made a video on it. And then I had people who started contacting me saying, hey, can you just do this for me? So I was filling, again, a market or a gap in the market with that. So that's essentially what you're looking for. And just keep in mind, there will always be that gap. A lot of people get worried about as technology advances, that gap will no longer exist. But the reality is, is that human desire advances uh, along with probably even faster than what technology advances. So there's always this gap between what people want and what the current technology is able to provide for them where they can kind of do it themselves. You as a developer or whatever it is that you do, you sort of fill that gap. 
Okay, that's where you operate and that's what you're looking for here. Another piece of advice here is pre-build your solution. So if you have a known finite problem that you're solving, you can easily build the solution beforehand. The Google shopping feed thing is a really good example. I had already built, I'd already done it for my wife's website. I'd already written 90% of the code. All I really needed to do was go in and tweak some of the code for their specific website. And, you know, I say an hour or two, a lot of times these might take me 10 to 15 minutes. A lot of it was actually just verifying that it worked and so forth. So uh, I had the solution pre-built. When I went into those projects, there was no fear because I already knew how to do it. I already had most of the code written. It was simple. So pre, when you identify some sort of gap, then pre-build the solution. Now when you go to work on those projects, you don't have all of that fear because you know exactly what you're doing. All right, so some resources here. So one place you can look is Upwork. They have a ton of smaller jobs over there. Now, I'm not saying you apply for those jobs. What I'm saying is you use it more for, as a research tool to identify, go through uh, some of those smaller jobs, filter for ones that are uh, lower priced, and see what's coming up in, in your particular, maybe you type in WordPress or graphic design or whatever it is. Look for the smaller jobs there and see if you can identify trends and then start to note, okay, this might be a gap because a lot of people are wanting uh, are looking for freelancers to do this for them, and that can start to be something that you offer. Fiverr is another good example. They're virtually all smaller jobs, so you can look in your particular space and start to identify trends, sort of match that with Upwork, and you might be on to something. Now, again, like I said, you don't have to bid on those jobs. Just use them as research to hone on something that you want to do. That said, if you find a gap and then you pre-build a solution, I mean, why not go bid on those jobs, right? Why not throw something up on Fiverr if you already know how to do it? You already have the code 90% written. Now you can bid on those jobs with confidence, um, and you're not scared if you actually get hired. So uh, you don't have to, but hey, why not? So, All right, and then the last resource, shameless plug. You can also go to johnmorrisonline.com. I'll throw a link in the description and download my mobile app. You get over uh, another nine, it's actually probably 10 or 11 hours of additional freelance info now. I, I just haven't updated the website, but you get a bunch of free training over there on for freelance info on delivering for clients, how to get clients, all of that stuff. So if you're wanting to really up your freelance game, again, just head on over to johnmorrisonline.com and download my mobile app. It's delivered you know, straight to your phone or your tablet or whatever mobile device you want. So you can, you can take advantage of it and listen to it while you're working out, driving in the car, whatever the case may be. All right, folks, that's it. Thanks for watching. We'll talk to you next time.